welcome back to the queue. As always, I'm Peyton. Peyton. Yeah, it's just Peyton. There's no one yeah. else here. It's just me. There's no one else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, today we're going to talk about the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Because um, that happened uh, on Sunday. Sure so did. It, it sure did. It was pretty boring to watch except for you know when they actually announced the awards but like always you know people like to grandstand and you know give their little speeches their their cute little speeches but um so yeah we're we're going to go through section by section kind of talk about each nomination talk about what we wanted to win and what won and yeah, I I think we should start with the biggest one because it was the biggest surprise, which is actor in a leading role. Um, which I saw a lot of <laughs> upset over that. I don't know if you saw any of the upset. Um, I know you don't use Twitter. No. I don't use Twitter, <laughs> but I heard secondhand. I mean, I I can only assume. Yeah, but I did I did read a um a New York Post article on it, which I'll talk about a little later when we're actually talking about who won. But first, mm. let's each uh, talk... Let's give who we thought should win. I thought Anthony Hopkins should win. Um, I'm assuming you agree? I think... Uh, somewhere, somewhere between Anthony Hopkins and Riz Ahmed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, as much as I didn't personally like Riz Ahmed... And Sound of Metal, uh, I know, very hot take, but um, I, I definitely wouldn't have been upset if he went one. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously whether you liked his performance specifically in that movie, whether whether you liked that movie, obviously a pretty great actor. Oh yeah, oh yeah, one one hundred percent. Um, which it's unfortunate that <laughs> the only two movies I know him from was Sound of Metal and then fucking Star Wars Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he needs to be cast in better stuff. <laughs> or more better stuff, I, sa- I should say. Bro, the cash grab. Yeah. But um, the favorite to win, though, was Chadwick Boseman. Because, as you pointed out to me, because uh, I didn't pay attention to the other awards, uh, Chadwick Boseman basically swept in that category at pretty much every other awards show for film. And so everyone expected Chadwick Boseman to win. Um, but Anthony... I, I think I think he took um, best actor at like pretty much every big award ceremony before the Oscars. Yeah. So it was like considered like a guarantee in the same sense that Nomadland was considered a guarantee for best picture and Chloe Zhao for best director. It was pretty much considered a guarantee that. Chadwick Boseman was going to win Best Actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was pretty surprising to most people. I thought it was definitely going to happen. Like, we're not definitely going to happen, but I thought it was more likely to happen than most people. Just because I thought Anthony Hopkins gave the best performance of his life, and you know he's up there in age, and um, I think this is only his second Oscar nomination 
and I think he won for his first Oscar nomination, which was Silence of the Lambs. But I, I'm very happy with the Anthony Hopkins win. Very, very happy. Um, but not other people. Uh, as I mentioned when we started talking about Best Actor, I read a New York Post article that was trying to explain why Anthony Hopkins won. And they had interviewed a bunch of the people who vote voted for the Oscars. And a bunch of them said they didn't even know a single other person who was voting in the Oscars that was going to vote for Anthony Hopkins. And they just voted for Chadwick Boseman and assumed everybody else was doing that or uh, Riz Ahmed. Nobody even considered, well, that they interviewed, considered Anthony Hopkins was going to win. Which is not super surprising, considering, you know, Chadwick Boseman did die. And that tends to be a lot of brownie points for the Academy towards winning. Because I'm going to say, I don't think Chadwick Boseman should have even been nominated. I definitely didn't think his performance was that great. Uh, Yeah, it probably didn't deserve to be up there. I mean, he's not... I think that was his first nomination. He's not so. known for being a great actor. He's not bad. Um, Honestly, I think part of what weighed him down was he was just terrible at choosing scripts. I mean, oh my god. Yeah, he's... This, this guy just shows not great movies to be in. Yeah, like... Marini's Black Bottom is a pretty mediocre movie in my I, I think he he was probably going for movies where he was like the star of the show. But I mean, you can't carry a movie that hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> to the and, point where you make it good. And and I don't I think he's a pretty mediocre actor, as I as you said. I don't think he's bad either. But he's just he's okay. Yeah, I, I think he's decent, but like I don't know, it would help if he chose a good movie to be in. That would definitely help. And and the uh, the fact that Marini's Black Bottom got all the nominations is dead is kind of just like, I think, a sign that this year was um, not, not necessarily different from other Oscar years, but definitely a subpar year. Mm. Um. I mean, we we watched all of the Oscar nominees before, um, and what I think my average rating was a three, um, and I think you said similar, somewhere around a three as well. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like pretty embarrassing in my opinion. You know, considering mm-hmm. this is the biggest award show for film, and what defines mainstream conceptions of like what was great this year to be fair um a lot of the categories had nothing to do with the quality of the film oh yeah 100 percent. i mean we'll get into some of those where like but like even even out of um out of the the categories that were like narrative narrative and you know yeah, directing well, the average would probably be like three point five at best. Yeah, best best picture especially, and um, yeah, best picture it would it would certainly be no higher than a three point five. 
Um, so I guess since we're talking about Best Picture, we might as well talk about Best Picture, which um, my pick for Best Picture was The Father, obviously. I mean, um, it's the only five out of the Best Picture nominees for me, but like yeah. pretty much all of them, um, except for a few which I'll talk about, I would have been happy with. Like, I liked Judas of the Black Messiah a lot. I loved Minari. I, um... Man, I'm blanking on some of the other movies in Best Picture already. Nomadland. uh, Well, Nomadland, even though I give it a 3.5, it's just... (sighs) I was not... It, It was mostly I just liked the cinematography. Like... There wasn't much else there for me. I mean, I I do think Frances McDormand had oh, yeah. one of the best performances of the year. I mean, yeah, she definitely deserved Best Actress. Um, I think I would have been a little upset if it was anybody else besides Vanessa Kirby, which we'll talk about later. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, oh oh, and and. Sound of Metal, I would have been happy with, even though I didn't personally like it, because I yeah. can appreciate it. Um, I can appreciate it would have been a very those. unique one to win Best Picture. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, but <laughs> Promising Young Woman, Trial of Chicago Seven, Mank. Um, yeah, those range from mediocre to straight up bad for me. Um, Trial of Chicago 7 I found pretty bad uh, I think I gave it a 2.5 because it is very average but it's in the lower end of being average to the point where it's almost bad it's then, it's just a forgettable movie honestly that oh yeah. really doesn't have anything to say at all Yeah, it doesn't I mean I I assume the point of that movie was basically just my name is Aaron Sorkin, and look how good my writing is. But the writing, I mean, if you like Aaron Sorkin's writing, good for you. But in this movie, it's, it's pretty much accepted that it fell flat. Yeah. And, and most of the lines felt extremely gratuitous. I mean, it was, it was silly. It was especially troubling for me because I don't like Aaron Sorkin's writing outside of Social Network, which I think uh, is he's... the only place his writing ever worked. I mean, he... It's like he's trying to write the same movie over and over. I mean, he, like, gives every character, like, one-liners, and it's like, that That doesn't make sense. And, and People don't speak like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and his show, um, The West Wing, which is uh, something everybody else loves, I hate with a pet burning passion. It's the same thing in West Wing. All the characters just give one-liners. And, and... Everyone's quippy. Everyone's witty. It's... Yeah, it's... Odd. They don't feel like real people. They feel like they are just stand-up comedians that mm. are doing their stand-up. And this is supposed to be a serious movie. It's about a very serious topic. Um, and it does not do the event justice at all. Like I, I think um, from- I think part of the, the problem <laughs> with... Uh, sorry, I was just like, thinking more about yeah. the writing... Um. Oh my God! I lost my train of thought. 
part of the problem is that the way it's written, I feel like it's difficult for the actors to really get immersed. Like, I'm sure it doesn't feel like they're talking to each other. It it just feels like they're reciting their lines. <laughs> yeah. Because nothing, nothing is really natural about it, and I'm I'm sure that makes it really hard. I mean, you're you're basically told to give some like cocky line, and it's like, would my character do this? I don't know, but fucking Mr. Sorkin said so. Yeah, and it's just... It's so strange. It's, yeah. It's... From from the beginning, I did not like that movie. Um, but also, just... Promising Young Woman, too. Promising Young Woman is so bad. It, it has some of the same problems as Trial of Chicago 7, actually, now that I think about it. Characters very uh, much... Okay. The, dude, there's a difference there, though, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Promising Young Woman is at least a bit more self-aware mm-hmm. of, of the genre that it's trying to be in. Yes. So I think the execution there is more tolerable, but um, still yeah. not great. It's. I, I think most of that comes from, though, with why I don't like Promising Young Woman more is... Partly the performances, which are all very weak, and I can't even believe um, that it won any awards because it, it won it won best original screenplay. Like I, was, I mean, I was sure. <laughs> I, I I was so upset about that, especially considering what was what else was nominated. Oh yeah, know? there were so many better and more. I'm I'm sure that the shortlist was filled with great movies. Oh yeah, not even just the shortlist, just looking so. at the nominees that it was competing against. You know, it was it was competing against Judas and the Black Messiah. I know, but, but I'm saying it's it's wild that it even got past the shortlist. Oh oh yeah yeah yeah. 100%. Let alone won an award. Like oh my god. Yeah, it's so bad, and oh my god, it's the performances are cringe-inducing. I mean, they had Bo Burnham. As a character. I think Bo Bo Burnham's performance is extremely cringe. I don't yes. I didn't think Carrie Mulligan's performance was that you know it was terrible. It was, it was far it was too really cheeky. average. It was far too cheeky for me considering the subject matter. That the movie makes me mad. I don't think any I, of the other movies make me actually mad that are I think it's just a mess. <laughs> Yeah, and it's... Because, like, I would suggest a genre film isn't, like, good for what, uh... Oh, my God, the director's name. It's, like, Emerald something. Fennell or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever her name um, is. Yeah, anywho. Um, yeah, uh, and then... I would say that I don't think that that genre is right for what you're trying to say. But I don't think the film understood its genre or what it was trying to say, so I don't even know. Yeah. It was such a mess. And then Mank, I don't really have much to say about Mank other than... Nah, it's just a somewhat enjoyable movie. Yeah, it's very mediocre to me, though. I I liked it. I I thought the writing was good. You know, Fincher's a a good director. Yeah, he's competent. I don't yeah. love him as much as other people love him, but I'm not really sure why he made Mank. Honestly, it wasn't something that really needed to be made. Yeah, but you know, I mean, sure. Yeah, 
was it was, it was an interesting one. But but Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, the Father, and Nomadland to some extent, all definitely deserve to be there. Oh, and Sound of Metal. Almost forgot Sound of Metal. All deserve to be there. Um, I really wanted Sound of Metal to win, but obviously Nomadland won. It was the favorite to win. Um, a little disappointed about it, but I mean, I kind of expected it. And, you know. You know what's funny? What? Back in September, the front runner for the Oscar was First Cow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a year. <laughs> what a year. Uh, An unusual year, to be sure. Um, but I guess since we're talking about Nomadland, we should talk about the other categories that it had a big win in. Let's talk about Actress in a Leading Role, which... Oh my god. <laughs> Besides Frances McDormand and Vanessa Kirby, none of the other ones deserve to be here. At all. I'm trying to... Who's, who's nominated? Frances McDormand, Viola Davis, Andra Day, Vanessa Kirby, and Carrie Mulligan. Um, yeah, I mean, you can you can argue Carrie Mulligan. I don't think she's anything special, but... um, Yeah, Viola Davis and... Andre Day, they were just like mediocre. Andre Day was bad. Awesome. People, people were like praising Andre Day for like this being her debut, and I, I really hope people aren't like giving her credit just because it's her debut. That, that, that would be silly. Yeah, especially since I found her, I found her performance bad. I mean, I, I thought it was pretty bad. I mean. The movie she was in was also really bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I think she's just inexperienced, honestly. Yeah, like I, I think she I think she has potential. I think I think she she started out to she got ahead of herself. She got ahead of herself. Mm. She did try to take on a, a big a, a heavy role. Yeah. Um but I think I think a performance that's understated, probably because I don't think a lot of people saw it, was Pieces of a Woman, Vanessa Kirby. I really, oh, yeah. really liked her performance in that. It was really no, she she was great. That movie has a ton of problems, and I really don't want to talk about the merit of the, the movie itself. Yeah. But Vanessa Kirby was outstanding. Yeah. I mean, and talk about a good nomination. Like, that's... That's one that makes complete sense. wasn't wasn't really about the movie being great. It was just her performance. I mean, her being performance great. carried the movie for me. And oh yeah, no, she she portrayed her character with so much pain and emotion. Yeah. But it wasn't. Yeah, well, it wasn't. I I wouldn't even say uh, emotion. It was almost. It, it's hard to explain, but there was such like a a tight. Like almost um. Oh my god, I don't know how I'm like trying to trying to say this. It felt authentic. It was. It felt authentic. Yeah, it didn't feel like someone trying to overdo it. It felt like someone trying to like you know hide her pain. Someone who's even like good at hiding her pain, and it was just a really, a really nuanced performance in that yeah. sense. I I personally liked her performance more than Frances McDormand. But I definitely think Frances McDormand deserved the win. You know, she's a wonderful actress. 
I, I love oh yeah other i mean it was probably the best performance and uh you know in yeah. terms of legacy she's definitely like the best actress yeah. there she she definitely deserved this win as yeah. much as you know i i can't I, really argue I, yeah it, it, there, there's no real argument against it um but I, I do think people really understated Vanessa Kirby's performance, which is unfortunate. Yeah. You know? I mean, again, it, probably a lot of people not seeing it. Yeah. Um, maybe people not liking the movie, too, which obviously is a, a factor there. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm, it's a fair take. But um, I think also we should talk about Best Directing, just because we're on that whole mm. Nomad Land thing. Which... Yeah. God, um, I feel so, I, I should have, I expected it, and I shouldn't have been surprised, yeah. and I shouldn't have been upset you... by it. <laughs> <laughs> but... You were really hoping it wasn't Chloe Zhao, and I sat there telling you, it is going to be Chloe Zhao, there are two guaranteed categories, and it's Best Picture and Best Director. And you were still holding out, but... I was holding out because I, I love Vinterberg, you know, I... You know, I really wanted him to win, man. It would have been insane. For, for an international filmmaker to win anything besides best, you know, international film, it's quite a feat. Yeah, I mean, I've, seen, I've so. only seen two... We, we've both only seen two movies from him, but, like, they're yeah. both fives for us. Another God, round, they're both so good. They're so good. Another round's my fifth favorite movie, and I think Hunt is either my eleventh or twelfth. Like, yeah, another round's in my top twenty. And Hunt's just one of my all-time faves. I mean, he deserves. Another so round much. can only go up to. I I I rewatched a portion of it today, mm-hmm. just because I I was thinking about it. Uh, you know, Mac, he he rewatched it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, you know went back to my favorite parts and I was like god damn dude this movie's just phenomenal yeah it right there there aren't there aren't that many fives where I can watch like one moment and go like oh yeah this is why it's a five yeah this this is the one where you know and and also I think Lee Isaac Chung would have been an, a a good a good pick too for Minari but like yeah. this this is like I, I think Minari's less about um the directing and just yeah. the great ensemble cast. One hundred percent. But I don't know, I just really didn't want it to be Chloe Zhao because Nomad Land for me is is carried by the cinematography and I, I get it. The uh, directors yeah. have a have a role in that. They one hundred percent. Pretty I mean a pretty big role. Yeah, yeah. But but also Francis McDormand's performance. So only half of it is because of her, and and the movie ended up being a three point five for me. I mean, you know that Chloe Zhao probably had a pretty big role in her performance. True, true, true. But I'm just, God, I don't know. I just, I really wanted Vinterberg to win. You know, we we came so far with 2019 with Bong Joon Ho winning best directing and and parasite winning best best film both for international and just best picture in general and i was really hoping we were going to continue the trend of foreign directors and foreign films getting the recognition they deserve 
Oh, no. I mean, Parasite was... People act like it actually showed something. And honestly, Parasite was just an example of something getting the right amount of consistent uh, awards and nominations before the Oscars. Yeah. And I'm not sure exactly how it started, but once it built momentum in these awards and um, it got a real nice American release, I mean, that was it. Like, from there, it was smooth sailing to the Oscars. Uh, it helps that it won the the, um, the Palme d'Or last year. Yeah. And, you know... I, I definitely didn't think Parasite, you know, showed something. I just was hoping that we would we could continue. It yeah, it it would be it would be something really special. Yeah. If uh, the Oscars could view, mm-hmm. or the Academy, I guess, could view a cinema as more of a global thing, but yeah, there there is this idea that. There's one central community and then outsiders that get to, like, send their films yeah. trying to be as good as us. And, yeah. It's silly. And I don't think I need to say anything about Promising Young Woman's director. I definitely, you know, no. I don't think she deserved it. And then, you know... Although, I, I gotta say, I don't think she's a bad director. I there there are some things I really like that, um... Some techniques that, that other films didn't, um... Boy. She was she was pretty creative. I guess. But um And then the, Fincher Yeah. I don't think anything needs to be said about Fincher. I mean he's I'm Yeah, he's sure good. He, he, <laughs> yeah, he's he's good. Um, he knows what he's doing. There's just nothing special this year. Hasn't he also had a win before? I don't know. He probably might, he probably had a win already and it's it's just kinda like eh. His his movies are if if he won it would good been, and mainstream so I imagine yeah if he won it would have just been like best director is director we recognize <laughs> yeah something like that yeah um, I mean I, I I could imagine it for um I feel like if there's one he he won best director for it'd be something like Social Network yeah um because I'm maybe a little, Fight Club yeah because I'm a little you know, still peeved about <laughs> Vinterberg not getting Best Director. I do want to talk about International Feature Film. Okay. Because that's where he did not get snubbed. I mean, it was yep. pretty obvious he was going to win. I mean... Did you, um, did you look into whether Hunt was the winner? I never or did. Or just nominated? I never did, but... It, you should look I, that up right now. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, curious. I'm going to look that up right now, but I do remember in the speech he said he had been dreaming of winning an oscar since he was five which to me suggests that he didn't have an oscar yeah yeah it was weird i could have sworn that it won i'm pretty sure i mean it definitely should have won (laughs) the oscar uh for that year i don't even know what else was nominated but i don't really care (laughs) i i think he should have (laughs) won but um yeah let me look actually right now Foreign language film. Uh, I'll give you five dollars if you if it didn't win. You'll give me five. Make sure make sure it's the 2013 Oscars. Yeah, I will. The 2013 Oscars. Yeah. Cause, you know, 2012 movies, 2013 Oscars. Haha. Uh yeah, hold on. Let me look. Uh, best internet foreign feature. 
Wait, what? Are you sure it was nominated? Because I don't even see it on the nomination list. Yeah. Hold on. Let me let me let me check again because the Oscars website is being a little weird. Yeah, it's it's not Unless... even it, it doesn't even say it's nominated. Oh. Oh, um, dumb. Uh... Yeah, I mean, you know how how annoying release dates can be. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it went to the U.S. And um, like mid twenty thirteen, so it was actually at the twenty fourteen. Oh, let me look. Awards, yeah. Yeah, the hunt, uh, but it was not the winner. It was not the winner. So, uh, the great beauty, whatever that is, won won that year. But (laughs) enough, enough about a past Oscar international feature film. This year. Um, it was pretty clear another round was going to win. It definitely deserved to win. But, like, as you said, basically no one else had seen the other films. No one had really heard of them. I doubt it. I doubt it, dude. Yeah, I mean, before our Oscar binge, I hadn't heard about a single one besides another round. I knew... I vaguely knew about Better Days. Like, I literally just... I heard about it, that it was coming out. Yeah. Um. A while ago, um. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe maybe I'll watch it. But obviously, I knew about Collective. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's pretty much it, though. Yeah, but I definitely think I had never heard of Man Who Sold His Skin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think this was the strongest category this year, though, because I liked all. Yeah, of it, it was consistent. Yeah, it was consistently good. Um, I mean. Except for another round just being in a completely oh, yeah. different league than the rest of them. But they were all consistently good. I liked them all. Uh, ex- all besides um, Adia, the the Bosnian film, I gave them a four or above. Um, I, I think I gave all of them a three and a half except for another round. <laughs> yeah, you you liked them less than I did. Which I was a little disappointed about. But... I I almost gave um better days a four, but that's that's it. Yeah, I I I really liked all of them, and I definitely felt it was the strongest. It was it was the category that I was actually looking forward to the next film in. You know, yeah. When we were doing other categories, I was kind of like, oh, I'm kind of. Oh yeah, I mean, there was uh, there was more substance to these. Yeah. Um, something I'm really happy about. I don't um I mean obviously these countries are always going to choose something that's like somewhat, you know, pressing or, or topical. Yeah. Cuz if if there's m- more than like a sort of narrative being Oscar bait, mm-hmm. any sort of issue is the real Oscar bait. If you can apply it to the real world, yeah. it's it's instantly it instantly has a higher oh, yeah. chance of winning. And I, ironically, um, the only one that's not super current is another round. You know, another yeah. round's more of like a a, a timeless topic. And you could um you could argue man who sold his skin isn't 
it, it, it brings up issues, but not necessarily something that's like a current problem. The grand, the grand message is is a timeless message, but it's used in the context yeah. of a modern day issue. So it's yeah. kind of like same, 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 somewhat with better days. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but but better days less so because it is really contextualizing hard, like the the social dynamics in china and hong kong yeah i um if there's one thing that stops better days um from being a four out of five for me and like pushing this to like a movie that i really love Mm -hmm. it's definitely that it distances itself from what it what it's trying to be yeah just in like the scope of the narrative like it tries to have this like crazy story and it just it just didn't need to like become that complicated. Yeah, it became it, it got a little convoluted at towards. And the and the characters like go through so many changes in two hours. It it feels a little, little too much. Yeah, I can agree with that. But I I guess it was just a little less. Uh, impactful yeah. on me than it was for you. But... I mean, that's that's like one of my few criticisms though. I was also... It's just something that uh, wait wait a lot for me. Yeah, I was surprised that Collective though was in here, considering it was a documentary. I yeah, I haven't really heard of documentaries making it into the international feature film category often. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, if if a country decides that's their best film, then I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, Collective was very good. <laughs> you know, are um are documentaries eligible for best picture? Oh, that is a good question i do not know and i will look that up but um yeah that would that would be a good thing i i i would hope so <laughs> i would hope like, so. i know in general the rules are a little bit different for international feature because it's pretty much like every yeah i know we every talk... facet of filmmaking in, in one category not stretched out across like a dozen awards like yeah, the rest we... of the oscars we talked pretty extensively about documentaries last episode since we watched Mole Agent and that, which was nominated yeah. for Best Documentary, which I guess we should talk about Best not Documentary next since we're kind of on yeah. it. Um, <laughs> best Documentary. Collective and all that. Yeah. So <laughs> I really wanted Collective or Mole Agent to win. You know, they were hmm. the best documentaries out of what was nominated. Which we talked I about. I complain about the shortlist again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, we talked <laughs> about that last time where our favorite documentaries of the year were snubbed, you know, yeah. for, for, for best documentary, which really, really pissed me off. Um, there were um, there were three documentaries, if you didn't know, on the, on the shortlist that were incredible. Them being... And it's, like, pretty agreed upon that they were great. I think they all... All of them, except maybe, I think Collective is the exception. But all the ones that I liked on the shortlist did not get um, nominated. And they all had higher ratings, uh, average ratings, at least on Letterboxd, than um, the documentaries that were chosen. Them being Dick Johnson is Dead, which was surprising because well-received, popular on Netflix. Uh, Boy State, which... I mean, I'm I'm not sure exactly why it, it didn't get in, but 
unfortunate. It helps that it was only available on like Apple TV. Mm. <laughs> I, I think that was the case, right? It wasn't like an Apple TV thing. I think so. I believe so. Yeah. Um, um, and the, the last being, um, uh, oh my god, I can't. What was it? <laughs> it's slipping my mind now. Boy State. Oh no! Welcome to Chechnya. Oh yeah, welcome to Chechnya. Yeah, that, that was the last one. Yeah, sorry. Which um, was also pretty great, but I, I understand that that one didn't get a ton of attention. Mm-hmm. It was, <laughs> it was on the short list for best visual effects, and it would have been so funny if it got nominated because it's literally just like the visual effects are just in that the subjects of the film, their their faces are like modified. I thought Using it was really good, like, though. It was very good. It was somewhat subtle. Other times, it was just funny. Well, um, yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was an interesting thing to do instead of just blurring faces. Mm-hmm. You, um, you could argue it was even more effective because yeah. entire features were changed. So I, I I did look it up. Um, it. There doesn't seem to be a rule against documentaries winning Best Picture or being nominated. I'm sure it's just it, they just never have people's. Yeah, well, I think people's attitude is is such that like documentaries should stay in their their category. Yeah, um, in the same sense that most people probably leave uh, animated film for the animated category. Mm-hmm. Very rare that uh. One gets nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, but but <laughs> as we talked about last episode, uh, we did not like the other ones that weren't Mole Agent and Collective uh, Crip Camp. No. Teacher of Time. God, they're so bland. And and I 100% thought that Crip Camp or Time was going to win. Crip Camp because of the Obama endorsement and Time because, you know, the, the, the relevancy of the topic. You know, yeah. But how the hell did my octopus teacher win? I'm still baffled. Yeah, I. I'll be honest. I just don't know. <laughs> like, like I really just don't have an answer. I I think I, I could would... say it's because of like the breathtaking visuals. But like I, I refuse to believe that that alone made people decide that this was the best documentary of the year. Like, I don't, I don't know. It might be another matter of, like, accessibility with this just being on Netflix. And it got pushed hard on Netflix. The only reason I was even aware of this was because it... Every time I would open Netflix to watch something, the trailer would just start playing. And I'm like, oh my god, hey, it's Funny Fish Movie. It's... <laughs> baffling because it's so bad it's the easily the worst documentary in the category um honestly nah really that crib camp's so boring oh my god I mean, that's true but i i, I would rather dude because i i can get down with like kind of ignoring the dude talking about himself and i just i look at cool octopus in 4k but I just, I cannot watch a slideshow <laughs> with narration. I just, those are the worst documentaries. And Crip Camp is just that. 
And time was partly that as well, except videos in black and white with narration. Yeah. I'm sick of this, dude. But let's be honest, Mole Agent is also basically a, a slideshow of stock footage of the ocean with narration over it. And you said interviews. you said mole agent. Oh my god, I'm stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I, confused at first. Yeah, I was sorry. Like, I meant uh, my octopus teacher. I can't believe I confused the two. That was... I'm very sorry to the filmmakers of mole agent for even researching... <laughs> smirching your name with with my octopus teacher but but my octopus teacher is the same and and we said this last episode that you know if time or crip camp or my octopus teacher won this would continue to prove that people think of documentaries as slideshows with narration over it and that's exactly oh yeah what it's it's it definitely uh really reductive for for documentary filmmaking that these sorts of documentaries keep getting the most attention it, it's so um, upsetting it's i mean so we're, we're moving away from like pure talking heads mm-hmm. which is a pretty bizarre <laughs> standard or convention of of doc documentaries but it's uh the worst because you know even even me who's somebody who like watches lectures sometimes in their in my free time you know I, I don't pull up a documentary to get a lecture, you know? I'll pull up a lecture yeah. to get a lecture, you know? I'm, I, a documentary, I'm here to see... Uh, like, do me, a, do me a solid, and if you're going to go for that, like, heavy narration, show me some pictures or videos. Don't give me a, f- a frame of some guy talking. Yeah, you know, and, and make sure it's actually interesting you know, what they're saying, and that it actually is, is something... Oh, specific. yeah, I, I don't want someone reciting, like, a history textbook. Yeah, you know, you know, like, a, a recent documentary I saw, um, and the, not related to the Oscars anyway, was was about White Boy Rick, which, you know, a pretty infamous story about this kid who got recruited by the FBI to, like, snitch on drug dealers or whatever... And they kept bringing in these, like, random fucking people to, like, explain law codes and how the FBI operates. And it's like, dude, I don't need, I don't need this. I want to hear about the story. I want to hear about from the people. And, and, you know, it had so many different topping heads, like, including Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen was there for some reason. I don't even know why he really was even there. He had, like, one inter, one or two interactions with White Boy Rick, and they're like, oh, throw him in the dock. And, and 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 they they barely had the main subject of the documentary talk at all. If you're gonna have talking heads, at least have the main subject of the documentary be a talking head. You know? Yeah. It's so frustrating. I I can't even talk about documentaries anymore because of that. It just makes me upset. It's it's really sad because there's one documentary that um. Actually, there's two that I that I said were um, really great and and pushing documentaries to their, their full potential. Mm-hmm. Um, collective on the one hand, um, going full like Frederick Wiseman kind of style. Obviously, not the same like mm-hmm. um, methodology for you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it it, it showed the events. It just had the events play out in front of the camera yeah you know 
and 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 shot it in somewhat followed followed certain people switched subjects occasionally you yes, know yes yes it was clear a camera was just placed in the the right place at the right time mm-hmm. um mole agent was really really cool honestly yeah. conceptually i i started to get like a little tired of it but um i i really appreciated what it was it, it was um incredibly immersive I'll, think, I'll just say that i think even though i liked collective more i think mole agent would have definitely been the better win just you know for 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 showing a sign that document documentaries can be more you know yeah it, it i mean mole agent was basically just um watching a narrative play out in real time yeah which is what in my opinion, I think most documentaries should be hmm. is is kind of you weave your footage of these real events into a narrative. Yeah, I I don't think um, despite how this is the the popular use, I don't think documentaries are as interesting as like a retrospective of uh, like super old events. It's oh, just sure. not compelling. Yeah. You have to have a really important or interesting message mm-hmm. or agenda in your documentary if you are going to talk about something that happened like 50 years ago yeah, i mean like war, war documentaries at this point are just like the prime example yeah where there's i mean come on it's an oversaturated <laughs> we keep we keep getting as time goes on we're just getting more and more and more like world war ii documentaries which you know that's obviously going to be like the most covered war vietnam as well and like there's just nothing new because normally like with the war it just becomes a matter of like which documentary is the longest which covers it the most and eventually you get to like a 15 hour series and it's like well what's next like what are you gonna do yeah basically once once ken burns makes a documentary about a subject that's it Oh, he did baseball? Sorry. There's not going to be another history of baseball documentary. What are you going to do? Make one better than Ken Burns? Yeah. I mean, Ken oh, Burns... you want to make one about the Vietnam War? Sorry, kid. Have you ever seen the Vietnam War by Ken Burns? Yeah, Ken Burns is kind of the standard for those kind of documentaries. He's too good. Yeah. And he covers too much. Mm-hmm. He's He's much more thorough than most of them. Yeah, which yeah. I, I think that's an interesting thing to do. Um, just because some people, you know, instead of like reading a full history about something, they'd rather just sit back and kind of get get talked to about about a subject for a while. Yeah. But um, outside of that, I, I just don't see the point in those documentaries. Mm-hmm. Like a two-hour documentary about World, World War II, like I, it's rare that you're going to have anything interesting to say. Um, okay. I think, I think next we should go into, like, actor in the supporting role, an actress in the supporting role, and then I, I, I don't think we have much to talk about the other ones, so I think we can just speed run, kind of speed Oh, maybe not ones. you. Well. <laughs> maybe not you. Okay. I, I'll take it back for a few. There's a few where I'm like, okay, we probably have a lot to say on this one, you know? Um, but. Well, I'm act- going to go off on, on. Makeup and hairstyling. <laughs> Actor in a supporting role. 
pretty clear it was going to be Lakeith Stanfield or Daniel. Um, I don't it know. was pretty much a guarantee that it was going to be Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, and no one was surprised. People, people knew. He didn't yeah. look surprised. I personally wanted Lakeith Stanfield more, but I yeah. either one were my big picks. There was barely yeah, I, a difference. I wanted Lakeith Stanfield. I just think he's a better actor. Yeah, I, same, same, one hundred percent. Uh, and, and and the rest of the category were kind of strange and just not in the same league at all as them two. Um, yeah, uh, famously or infamously rather. Um, uh, I don't even remember his name because I just don't care. Uh, the guy from Cohen. Sound of Metal. Oh, Paul Ratchie. Sorry, I thought you were gonna Paul say Sasha Ratchie. Baron Cohen, which was. I mean, the least he's just one. like someone who doesn't make sense being in the category. Yeah, but but Paul Ratchie was pretty uh, forgettable. I want to say. I mean, I as I said, I don't love Sound of Metal, so. One of the most forgettable parts of Sound of Metal, you know, getting a nomination was kind of weird to me. <laughs> but, uh, mm. and I don't think anyone was particularly super praising of it anyway. I didn't see anyone praise him for his performance. No, people only talked about um, the story being great, the sound design being great, and Riz Ahmed being great. No one mentioned anything else. They got nominated for those, uh, you know, Best picture, sound design, best actor. Mm-hmm. Who who the hell was talking about Paul? Yeah, and um, I like Leslie Odom Jr. I'll say that in the, yeah. One Night in Miami. I thought that was deserved. Was uh, definitely would have been weird if he won because he definitely wasn't the best. Yeah, it, it was it was a movie carried by its performances, but yeah, that was also part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't think he really had to, to do much as an actor mm-hmm. to do well in that movie. Yeah. And then, as we said, Sasha Baron Cohen doesn't make any fucking sense considering his character was, as we said, all one-liners. Because all the characters in that movie yeah, are one-liners. He, he, was, he was comic relief. He didn't really have to do anything new. Yeah, I mean, he did, it, it was he did really... what he does in every movie. He, he played the role he plays in every single movie. And it's not even a good role. It's a horrible role, in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, it, it only works in Borat and and Bruno and stuff because it's a very different kind of thing. It's not a narrative, really, in the traditional sense. Oh yeah, him and narrative films is a whole different story. Yeah, he doesn't. He, you go those. from laughing hysterically with him to just laughing at how bad he is. Yeah, you know, he. He really is just best when he's improvising. He can't, he cannot work with planned it's out also material. His well, he he does the thing where he's like taking his narrative seriously, mm-hmm. but writing like ridiculous jokes around it, and it just kind of ends up feeling like an Adam Sandler movie. That's actually perfect. That's the perfect comparison, actually. Um, which you know. Adam Sandler movies infamously bad, and I think that's a perfect comparison for it. Except for Punch Drunk Love is great, and you need to watch Punch Drunk Love. Oh uh, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. yeah, it's PTA, so like. I mean, but 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 Adam okay. Sandler is genuinely good in that because. I believe I, it. I don't think Adam Sandler is an incompetent actor. I think he. 
Well, I know he's good. <laughs> he can do one thing really great, and it's what we just said, and it works in the context of Punch Drunk Love. Hmm. Um, you'll you'll see when you watch it. But let's move on to actress and supporting role because uh, I think we exhausted actor and supporting role. I'm really glad. Um, I can't pronounce her name, and I'm not gonna try. But the grandma from Minari. I'm really glad she oh, won. I I don't even remember her name. Uh, yeah. I I would have loved Olivia Coleman too. She des- she would have definitely deserved it. She gave a great performance in The Father. Yeah, I I wanted her. I I think it is important that you know we have some foreign actor representation. Especially since we didn't really get it in any other category, um, you know, besides obviously international feature film. <laughs> um, Dude, speaking of foreign actors, oh boy, um, <laughs> what's the name of of the the, the actress Bakalov. from Borat? Maria Bakalov. Yeah. Um. God, she looked so upset after she lost. Yeah, she was it's definitely just like, coping. What were you expecting? Yeah, I, I have, n- I know like, why she was nominated, but she definitely didn't deserve to be nominated. Like, yeah, you're a breakout actor. Like, you weren't bad in a movie that was just supposed to be like stupid. Yeah. Like. But it was still just like a comedic performance. Like I don't know why you even thought you would be able to step up to like Olivia Coleman. Like this, this is uh, the only category in the terms of actor or actresses where, besides one, I think everybody in it deserves their nomination. Who uh, who else was was in it? Glenn Close and Amanda Seyfried. Both. Oh yeah, they well, were good. Yeah, they they all gave great performances in their movies. Um, to be fair, uh, Amanda Seyfried was not in a pretty decent chunk of Mank. <laughs> yes, and and, and and Glenn Close was in Hillbilly Elegy, which is a horrible film. Yeah, and her character uh, doesn't even her doesn't even uh, make it throughout the whole. Yeah, but <laughs> but but. Their performances for what, how much they were in the film, were great. Yeah, they were. They were. I don't think Amanda Seyfried was the best thing about Mank. She's definitely no. one of the better things, but Glenn Close is the best thing about Hillbilly Elegy by far. Um, yeah, and like maybe the only redeeming thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I genuinely do not know. Anything else besides it had, you know, like Ron Howard's not an idiot when it comes to technical production. Yeah. So, like, editing and cinematography, there was nothing to, like, scoff at. Mm-hmm. Which, I guess, made it, like, okay, technically, and then Glenn Close just, like, you know. Yeah. But, brought, um... Brought it to not, as, not as awful a film as it's made out to be. Yeah. But uh, this is the category where I think I would have been okay with any wins, except, of course, Maria Bakalov. Any of them winning. A little not Glenn Close, just because Hillbilly Elegy doesn't deserve any recognition. But, you know, she deserves recognition in some regard. 
But yeah, I think I would have been okay with a win from any of them. But I, I am happy with the win we got. Um, let's talk about animated feature film. Just to get let's that out of the way. Uh, uh, let me just preface by saying I'm still super butthurt about Wolf House not even getting a nomination when I thought it was the best of the year. Just I made haven't it on seen the it. List. I know you haven't seen it. I'm, I'm just plugging Wolf House. It's great. Yeah. Um, That's all. <laughs> I have the hot take here where I loved Wolf Walkers and Soul. Yeah, okay, um, Pixar boy. Stop. I I am 100% not a Pixar person. I don't know, man. You gave Soul, what, like a four? I gave Soul I a kinda, four, but I like Soul a you... lot. I think Soul is Bro. one of the best Pixar films. Bro, you're you're kind of reeking of a Pixar fanboy right now. I, I don't know. I hate this, and I hate being... being uh, <laughs> blasphemized as a as a Pixar fanboy but come on this is like the first year where I feel like it, the Pixar win is really deserved like I, I I genuinely really liked Soul I loved Wolfwalkers too and I would have I would have been ecstatic if Wolfwalkers won as well I, I, I probably would have been happier even though I wanted Soul to win just because I thought it was great uh, uh, honestly especially when it comes to animation yes, yes it is very huge when uh something that's not made by a massive studio even gets nominated well, but but especially wins well and 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 2d movies now i mean it's rare for oh, yeah. movies to even get nominated now um yeah I, you know well, I, don't, I don't know about rare there's like, there's okay, like okay. It's, it's, one or one or two a year common be- and and a big part of that is because the industry has moved away from 2D animation, so it's really yeah. great when we get to see these 2D animated movies. Uh, but the other movies <laughs> in this category... Oh my god, dude. They were bad. They were just bad. I mean, you liked Over the Moon. I did. I thought it was mediocre. No, see, you're, you're thinking of everything else in the category. I'm thinking of one movie. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm thinking of video. one very bad movie. Yeah, I I think I know what you mean, and let's just not say it, just not to make people upset. Ha 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 ha. We'll, uh-huh. we'll let them. We'll let them think that it's onward. It's not onward. Yep. It's not onward. But um, yeah. I mean, onward was a bad movie. Uh, Pixar. It's a low, 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 low tier Pixar, and I already don't like most of Pixar. Yeah, onwards just—it's really nothing bad, but it's like there wasn't really any substance. I, I thought no, another heavy-handed uh, family movie. Like, okay. Yeah. Pretty typical. Uh, how many, how many times can they can they just run the the same family values? It, it's yeah. a little redundant, mm-hmm. even for Pixar. Yeah. But, like Coco, I can respect because it puts a somewhat unique spin on it. Yeah. But I guess. like something like Onward is like why. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything else to say on it. I. I don't know. Uh, let's. Honestly, let's 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 talk about cinematography real quick just because 
what the fuck happened there too? You know, that's another one where I'm like, why? Wait, did- I just remembered what one. Yeah, Mank. <laughs> In my head, I was getting ready to talk about Nomadland, but no, Mank won. Yeah, because okay, so Nomadland should have won. Nomadland. Yeah. This is where Nomadland should have won. It, it cinematography was amazing and the best of the year b- by far at least at least you know out of what was nominated and For sure. and and you know and then you know Judas and the Black Messiah then uh News of the World I guess but <laughs> Mank Mank won uh, you you said you said this when we when it happened. You're like, oh well, I guess black and white means good cinematography to the Academy now, and yeah. No, that? no, not not now. It's meant that oh, for a I, while. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> for a while, but uh, for a disgustingly long time for so some reason. It's so fucking stupid too, because you know, like the black and white didn't even feel necessary or have much point. Eh. I think, in my opinion. I I th- I think I I think it is used well. I, I think that it, I think it's used to both give like a gritty feel, but also this like romantic sort of feeling to like early filmmaking. I I can't I can't say the same. I can't say the same. Um, I just I, I don't think it was like amazing that it was in black and white. But I, I can see why it was done. I don't see how that's considered amazing, though. It, like, it wasn't. That's literally just a filter to, uh, to, to convey, like, a small, yeah, like, light- aspect of tone. And, like, that doesn't take into consideration any, like, the framing or anything. Because outside of that, the cinematography isn't really anything interesting. I don't remember at any point going, "Wow, this is some great shot composition." No, that. I, Whereas, like Judas and the Black Messiah was great. I mean, as far as um, <laughs> man, I wish I wish it was like a, a mise en scene category. Just because, like, I'm thinking now, like, for Judas and the Black Messiah, one of the best aspects of the cinematography, not really cinematography, but it is that um, the blocking is so good. I mean, thinking to that one scene where they confront the other, like, gang or whatever. Yeah. And they're all kind of, like, huddled around each other. Yeah, um... Yeah, like, the placement there is so good. Everyone's gaze is sort of, like, parallel. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know if that's considered with cinematography. It affects how a shot looks, but, like... I, I feel like they probably lump it in just because I can't yeah. think of anywhere else besides, like, maybe film editing that it would be. Yeah, well, I don't... Not even... No, definitely not editing because that's something that's done on the production. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, never mind. Never mind. Um... Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I don't. I don't think it's really applicable in any category, which is unfortunate because blocking is like a really, really big deal. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Um, um. Oh, you know, th- this is. I was talking about this the other day. This is why I wish there was an art direction category. It's so important, and a bunch of other uh, award ceremonies have art direction, but not the Academy Awards. And I, I feel like at some point they did have it. 
Like very early in the in the um the Oscars. That's possible. It's very very sad. But um, yeah, it, it's it's really tragic that something with a, as bland cinematography as as Mank ended up winning when all it did was expressively change the colors. Whereas Nomadland was just incredible. <laughs> Nomadland, Judas and the Black Messiah. News of the World was mostly like spectacle cinematography, but honestly, I think even that's better than Mank. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, what, what else was there? I'm missing one. Uh, Trial of Chicago 7, which I didn't even want to mention. What? I didn't even want to mention it. It's a courtroom. What was so good about the cinematography when every single like shot was just continuing a shot reverse shot? It, it was just mediums constant mediums back and forth yeah what I didn't, is interesting i don't want to mention it because it's just like we've already shit on that movie so much good lord that's a bland movie <laughs> yeah um oh yeah crazy that mank won unfortunate that nomadland didn't win oh well it happens they like black and white movies it's why roma got uh got the win even though it I didn't watch Roma, but honestly, it it probably deserved it, even besides the black and white. But that's obviously why it won. Um, I don't know if the artist won best cinematography in twenty uh twenty twelve. That's when the ceremony happened. But I wouldn't be surprised if it did. That's just how it goes down, black and white. Yeah. Um. Now, now I'm kind of at a loss where we go next, because. Wherever you want sunshine. Oh yeah. All right. Let's uh let's talk about writing both adapted and Oh no. Original cuz adapted adapted's great cuz the father won. Fantastic. Fantastic. But fuck that. Fuck and... that. We're, we're going the opposite end. Let's let's talk about promising young woman. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god, that was that was oh shit, bro. Okay, what the fuck happened there? Cause you know, here's what's in original screenplay: promising young woman, Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Minari. Sound of Metal, <laughs> and Trial of Chicago Seven. Good How did Lord. it win over I... all of those? Dude, oh. I'd argue, I'd argue, Trial of Chicago Seven's like on par with the writing of Promising Young Woman. I, oh, pro- probably, but but it's such a messy script. <laughs> like the the reason I call Promising Young Woman a mess has nothing to do with like the technical aspects, and that's why I don't think that she's an awful director. I just think she produced a pretty terrible script. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't think it was awful direction, but my god, it was badly written. Yeah, but I I just don't understand how it won against against I don't know. I don't know. Minari and Judas and the Black Messiah. It doesn't make sense. Sorry to burst your bubble, but a woman wrote a movie about rape, so it kind of has to win. Fuck. So stupid. Holy shit. And, and and it's it's really funny to contrast because writing adapted screenplay, besides fucking Borat two being there, 
it, it was a pretty good category. I liked all the movies. In oh, there. yeah. I thought they all had great scripts. Had Sound of Metal, Judas and the Black Messiah. No, no, no. I'm talking um, about adapted. But, 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 but for original. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but for original, it was it was it was Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Sound of Metal, Trial of Chicago Seven, and Promising Young Woman. Yeah, but but adapted screenplay, I liked all the movies. You know, I I also liked Borat too, but it shouldn't somewhat have been, it, it shouldn't have been. It's old. it's not like something that should be praised for its well, writing. Here here's here's the thing, especially too. when it's like not even adapted. Yeah, yeah, because. I had to look this up because I was baffled by it. And it's so stupid that the Academy does this where they're like sequels can are, are technically adapted screenplays, which doesn't make any sense. It, you would think that people wouldn't vote for it on that principle, but nope. Yeah. It's so stupid. But, but you know, the Fathers... Like if I was an Academy it. member, I, I would see that and I'd be like... What the fuck? Why, why does it say adapted? And I would just ignore it. But apparently, a good amount of people said, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Good adapted screenplay. Yeah. Well, and, and and just furthering adapted screenplay, um, the father winning is really great, especially since the, the, the screenplay was done by the guy who did the play, who also directed the movie. Um... And and this is big for a thing I'm big on, which is the writer director, um, and and this is peak writer director where even the thing it's adapting, it, the writer is the same writer as the adap- uh, thing it's adapting, the source material, which I mentioned this when we talked about the father. I still don't get how the father could be a play, like it, it it's suited for film, just. The way that the story is told, but you know, I, I think it's it. more—it's more effectively told in film. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume there are additional or removed scenes for the film. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it wasn't a tight adaptation. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, there, I are, there are certain point. things that just could not be done, and we talk about editing. That's that's partly because of the great editing in the father. Yeah, that's that's mostly what I'm thinking of. It's, it's able to um, do what a, a stage performance can't. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I. Since we're talking about editing, let's just go on to film editing because I don't want to talk about the writing anymore. I'm. It's. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the film. It's an editing. exhausting category. Um. Film editing. So Sound of Metal won, which, not a horrible pick. Yeah. But I think since it already, it, it was gonna, guaranteed to win in sound and won sound, I think the film editing should have gone to the father, especially since I liked the editing better in the father. You know, that's that was my opinion. The fa- Like, the editing in that movie makes the movie in a lot of places. You know, besides the fact that it had... It's, performances are amazing you know the editing I, really contributes to that film i agree but it, the father was a movie that was mostly based on um strong performances the editing added to the the premise of it in a really important way obviously it's more important to the story than than sound of metals editing is but dude 
Sound of Metal had way more expressive editing. Like, just hits you before, but like, objectively, it, it just did. There, there are sure. ideas that are communicated that are communicated solely through the editing, and Father doesn't really do do a lot like that. Sure, but I just think in in being a tool to elevating the film, I felt like the Father's was better. But you know, I can't, I, I, I think can't get too I upset. think in the Father it doesn't it doesn't serve as as like. Uh, it's so in both movies obviously it's a tool to elevate the film but it's it's very different in both because the father it's more like a bridge uh for for certain moments but um yeah i I, i'm not too upset about the win Uh, i'll say that yeah as much as i wanted the father to win but i'll I'll avoid arguing with you over it yeah, because uh, cause both re- both both had great editing. Very different. I didn't really care which one. But uh, I would have been pissed at Trial of Chicago Seven One. I would have been so upset. You have hey, no idea. Hey, but guess what else is in there? We can't escape it. Promising young woman is also there. Editing wasn't that bad. It's actually pretty decent. It's decent, but do you think it really should have been nominated? Uh, over everything I know else. I know I know it's really hard to separate bad movie from good technical aspect but honestly it deserved it it was it was good editing like genuinely mm. there I, I I explained earlier there are some things that that the um that the director chose to do that were very cool things that were obviously like storyboarded like before the editing process had even begun. My, you know, I my favorite is that... But, uh, I'll, I'll just trust you. Something, something that isn't done very often. One example I, I like that someone pointed out recently was... Um, uh, she uses a match cut, which is just like... You know, uh, first first scene before you cut, someone's doing something or there's an object shown, whatever. And when you cut... Um, there is a somewhat similar image in in some way. And it's sort of like it makes a jump cut less jarring almost. It it feels more seamless. And she 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 used those. It was it was pretty good. Yeah, you know. But things like that that aren't used as often anymore. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll give you that. And obviously Nomadland was also in the category. Speaking of uh, of match cuts, um, JSA had a really really cool one, and I just had to, I just had to plug JSA. Look, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone Good. should watch JSA. Um, Gotta say. Um, I guess next let's talk about sound. Let's talk about sound. Alright. Fuck everything else. Sound of Metal should have won. And I don't care. Alright, cool. Next category. Yeah, next category. <laughs> uh, oh, let's talk about visual effects. <laughs> I, know, I know why you're laughing. I know what you want to talk about. I want to talk about how the fact that, like, two of these movies should not have fucking been here. Wait, two? What's what am I forgetting? Midnight I you already know what the funny. Midnight Sky. Oh, Midnight Sky, right. 
don't yeah, Midnight Sky is a weird one because it's not even like it's not even super funny that it's in there. It's just like why this is just like mediocre. Yeah, and then <laughs> one and only Ivan is just like fucking Marmaduke CGI. <laughs> nominated for an oscar like bro why didn't if that got an oscar for or if that was nominated then why didn't garfield get one why didn't garfield get a nomination for best visual effects pain answer me that i literally can't answer that question because the standard is so fucking low now the The precedent has been set (laughs) you know and you know, Tenet won, obviously. And- if your movie has more visual effects, it will win. Simply have a main character built digitally, and you will win. <laughs> but, yeah, ten- Tenet won, you know, whatever, ten- Tenet... Not super surprising. Yeah, 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 Tenet, but, man, I really wanted Love and Monsters to win. <laughs> Shit, you know... Like, it was real. It was pretty fucking good, dude. You know that was the best thing about that movie. You know, we were talking about earlier how, you know, there were movies that we didn't really love or anything, but had those you know those aspects where they were nominated that were really stellar. And I think Love and Monsters was that. And I thought yeah. that was the best thing about the movie. You know, and and I'm kind of upset that it didn't win. But you know, it's. Another movie where I wish that uh, art direction had a category, because I think I think it belongs in visual effects and art direction. I mean, the design there is is so cool. I, I feel like I enjoy the visual effects more because the design is cool than like the effects being great. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I gotta agree. I mean, but I I do still wish it won. But and then I'm not even gonna talk about Mulan. Fuck Mulan. I don't even want to talk about it. It was also nominated, but fuck it. I don't even want. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I, I don't really. There's I don't really know why it was nominated. Yeah. Uh, let's it was okay, I guess. <laughs> let's talk about what you wanted to talk about. Uh, big time, makeup and hairstyling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I wanted Pinocchio to win. Um, there were this 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 is where I thought Pinocchio should have won, even though I didn't love that film. The makeup and hairstyle was really good. It was really fucking good. Uh, but you know, Marini's Black Bottom won because more. Oh my God! More, more, and and. More outgoing makeup and hairs means good. Bro, they they turn someone that's somewhat unattractive into someone very unattractive. Amazing. We're creative. We're creative. Yay. Um, They really did it. I mean, honestly, like, this was a category that besides Pinocchio was very underwhelming for me. I didn't... I didn't think anything crazy about it, and for all the other nominees, I didn't like. I didn't like any of these other movies as much. Like Mank, I thought was mediocre. Actually, Mank is the second best movie for me in this category, which is really fucking saying a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. But 
Yeah. You, though, you had some. I just really you like Emma. I just really like Emma. Yeah, because, you know, I don't know. You're, like, brain dead or something. I, well, I don't really like the movie, but I really like the hairstyling and makeup. It was I, great. I'm... It was just great, and it all just matched really well with the costumes. It's, like, it's such a guilty pleasure. It was just so pleasing to look at, man. I don't know how else to, like, defend it. Like, Pinocchio was cool. But Emma, Emma was just so pretty, bro. Like, wowzers, whoa. And yeah, all, all the rest are just pretty much invalid. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Not much else to say on that. I guess we'll talk about costume design since, you know, you want to talk about Emma. Um, you know, Emma's costume design was good. I mean, it's a period. Fucking sick, so colorful. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, and, and it, it's very good. It really um, matches the era. But what I'm upset about is the fact that both Mank and Moraney's Black Bottom were even nominated. And not only that. Mank for costume design is so funny. And, and, and not only that, Moraney's Black Bottom winning? What the fuck? Are you no, 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 but pain, pain. <laughs> Mank is, Mank is a movie about, like, the 40s, so it's just 40s clothes, and it's, like, business attire. <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, costume design. I fucking own most of the attire in that movie. I, like, I own suits exactly like the suits that most of them wear. Yeah. It's like Ma, Ma, Ma Rainey funny. Why didn't I get my nomination for an Oscar, bro? You know, for a yeah, made the movie design. yet? Nah, I make the movie and you'll I, get it. <laughs> yeah, man, I'll make I'll make a movie where I just wear the things in my closet and I'll get a nomination because Mink got one. But Marina's black short. bottom, and I said this when she, it went well, one. It's clothes you could buy at fucking TJ Maxx or Target or even fucking Walmart. Yeah, they look really cheesy. Yeah, it's so stupid. And, you know, Pinocchio, I think Pinocchio should have won. You know, that's another one where I think it should have won. Emma would have been an okay win, too. I don't think Pinocchio should have won for costume design. Well, yeah, whatever. The costumes were great and you're dumb. But, again, don't want to talk about Mulan. Fuck Mulan. I'm not going to talk about that movie. I refuse to talk about that movie. You will not get me to talk about it. So, we're going to move on. Day. No, you won't. Uh, we're going to move on, though, to... I'm going to hold you hostage. I'm going to be like, I'm not doing another podcast episode until you talk about it. <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about production design. Um, Mank one. That was... Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Actually, all of these but Marini's Black Bottom. Big, so. All of these but Marini's Black Bottom, I think, were. Oh, uh, yeah. Marini's Black Bottom's like, why? Yeah. Another example of just. Why is, it, why is it in this category? Did you guys know what you were voting for? Why is it at the Oscars at all? Why is I it mean, in anything? Whatever, but like. Just talking about this category, like, I I feel like half the things that were in here were just 
people going like, I like this movie, sure. Best, best narrative, sure. I don't know. I, I, I would have... I All of them I'm fine with winning. <laughs> I wanted the father to win because there were elements of the set design that I thought were really, really great, specifically with the painting. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Whatever. It's not that big a deal, I guess. It's kind of a just... Eh, it's kind of a weird category anyways. Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. <laughs> The only categories we haven't talked about are uh, music and the short film categories. Where do you want to start? Because I didn't watch like pretty much any of the short films, except for I do really want to talk about the live action category, and you know why. Um, I guess music. I don't know if you really have much to say. I don't really. I don't either, other than... Like, I'll, I'll just say the songs were okay. The one from uh, Juice and the Black Messiah is the closest to being something that would be produced normally. But the rest are just like sappy movie songs. So yeah. Well, Judas and the Black Messiah is song one. So take solace in that. Yep. You know. Alright, just shorts left? Uh, well, I did want to say original song that Fuck them for snubbing Travis Scott's song from Tenet. But that's oh annoying. yeah, yeah, that's that's annoying. Yeah, uh, but let's talk about shorts. I want to end on live action short just because that's the only one that I really want to talk about. Because I didn't, I didn't watch any of the ones from Short Subject. I watched one from uh, docu- uh, documentary. And I watched one from... Wait, actually, yeah. I watched one from Documentary. Sorry. I watched one from Animated. And I didn't watch any of the narrative ones. Or... I did. I'm... Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going crazy. But let's talk about the Documentary Short. Documentary Short category. Uh, a love song for Letitia I was expecting to win. Just because relevancy, topic, blah, blah, blah. Even though I didn't love it, love it. It was good, I guess. But uh, the winner, talk about that a little bit since you watched it. Because <laughs> you told me it was really weird. Oh, um. It was weird. Uh, what was the winner there? Colette. The one about the... Colette one? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't even remember that. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's that's annoying. Um, I believe documentary short had um, Hunger Ward, which um, honestly I don't even remember where it was. It wasn't super interesting. Somewhere, people do be starving. Woo. <laughs> Hospitals can't treat them. Um, you know, there's the one about um. The protests and rioting in Hong Kong, which was really great in just detailing the sort of uh, escalation that occurred in Hong Kong, showing how you know, like like usual, 
it, it just kind of started innocent and now both sides have so much animosity towards each other that it's out of control uh did a really good job showing uh the role of covid in it mm-hmm. um there was um one called a concerto is a conversation which wasn't really much it was just kind of uh um uh, a musician who i believe uh, what did he do the score for he did the score for a big movie that was the reason he was relevant it was like a new york times um uh documentary or new york post i honestly don't remember i don't care um but he was just talking to his dad about you know music and everything and what a concerto means to him he he kind of interpreted it with like an artistic lens uh, and the last one was colette which was just old woman visits um a concentration camp i think it was auschwitz because that's where her brother died um yeah it was pretty much exactly what you'd expect some young person who was just hoping to get a story out of it uh visits with her a lot of cherry-picked scenes to make it seem uh like she was in tears the entire time when I'm guessing, like, every moment that they showed was pretty much every moment where she became emotional. Yeah, I'm I sure. Mean, you mentioned that uh, it, with Colette, right? Um, that the the main subject, the, the lady, I don't know her name or anything, but that she even questioned what was the point of it? Yeah. Yeah, I was about to get to that. Um... At one point, um, I, I forget exactly the context now, to be completely honest, but they're, um, either they, like, they have the camera rolling still or something, or they're, like, going somewhere, and Colette just asks, like, how does this, like, add to your research? Oh, maybe she's, like, prying her for, like, more information, and she's just like, what, what does this have to do with, like, what you're making? I don't get it. <laughs> It's like, yeah, well, it's almost like randomly like painting the the portrait for the millionth time of of a uh, of a survivor or, or a relative of a survivor doesn't really doesn't really add much to the to the significance of, of the Holocaust. It, it really doesn't. There, there's really nothing that this documentary added, and I'm I'm kind of upset that something that pretty much aimed to be emotionally manipulative from the start uh one best documentary short subject yeah um i feel like i missed a i missed a documentary did you talk about hunger ward oh love song for latasha oh yeah I, that's because that's I what i thought would win yeah that's what i thought would win too uh um, even though i hadn't watched the other just because just because of relevancy you know that's kind of Love song for Latasha was honestly decent. It was really yeah. basic. Um, it was pretty much some like uh it was some pictures and stuff in terms of visually, some pictures, um when it starts getting a bit darker because it just you know, at first when it's all pictures, it's like some woman trying to explain like how she knew her friend, like the kind of relationship they had. 
And then um, when it gets a bit darker and goes into like how she died, how she was shot over basically nothing, over a dumb misunderstanding, but also, you know, clear intentions to just shoot a black woman. Like, um, but at that point, it gets into like wannabe brackage experimental films, uh, and it's just so pointless. It's so pointless. That that's it. <laughs> I don't I don't know why there was this like silly like scratch animation, but uh, or basic animation, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, got its point across. Didn't try to really be anything more than it was. It was just detail in a pretty horrific situation. Tried to apply it to um. To right now, which doesn't really work, but honestly, I'm I'm used to that, so it didn't really make me feel any different. People pretty commonly say that like racial tensions are just as bad in the, or just as bad as like in the 70s as they are now, which is fucking silly. Um, yeah, whatever. Uh, ne- next category, I suppose. Yeah, animated short film, which exactly what I thought was gonna win one. If anything happens, I love you, which... Oh my god, yeah. I don't even... I don't really want to talk about that. It's kind of like Elephant, in the sense that, um... Kind of baits you by presenting this other narrative at first. That's, like, compelling on its own. Uh, It's just, oh, school shoot. Woo. So crazy. Bro, this says a lot about how sudden and jarring school shootings are. Whoa. That's crazy. I need an animated film to tell me that. Uh, it was just a pretty underwhelming win. Yeah. It, it was It was the most popular by far. I mean, it got released on Netflix earlier in the year. I think I watched it in, like, December. It was, I don't know, like, months before uh, the awards. Or not even so war months before the um the the deadline, which was late February, I think. Um, and a lot of these shorts came out like last minute. But yeah, it had the it had the popularity in the the big platform. So yeah, that's... plus topical. Not surprising that it won. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Had like the wholesome style as far as the animation goes. So. Um, there were some really, really cool uh, animated shorts, though, aside from that. Um, you know, Burrow, I don't even remember who made Burrow, but that was a pretty that was a pretty fun 2D one. Um, I remember mentioning to you it has, like, that rough 2D style that um, uh, Tom Moore, the director of Wolf Walkers, is pretty famous for now. Um... There there was opera. Opera was just cool. <laughs> um it's not really worth explaining. It's just cool. There there's nothing it's really trying to say. It's kinda like an animation flex. Yeah. Um yes people <laughs> not really worth talking about either, honestly. Um not the most appealing three D animation and the concept is just 
everyone says ya mm. to convey different things. Yeah. It's somewhat funny, but often it's just like, okay. Um, luckily, it's short. I don't even know how to say it, but uh, genius loci. <laughs> um, that one, that one was great. That one I really like. That that that's a whole experience, and and without giving anything away, I would encourage uh, anyone to watch it. It's it it's a great story, if you can call it that, and um, really crosses into like avant-garde territory. So really really cool watch. I probably forgot something else, but honestly, the only one that I super loved was um. Genius Solokai anyway, so. Yeah. I I haven't seen any of the animated ones besides what one, so I can't comment on it, but... <sighs> Live action short film. Oh, boy. Good lord. I only saw Good one. lord. Again, another one I only saw one of, and I saw the winner. But... How the fuck did this win? I... I... It was released on Netflix, so that's probably part of it, but god fucking damn, dude. Holy shit, this short film was so bad. Everything about it, nothing was good about it. There was nothing good about it. Even the fucking message, which it could have been great because, you know, you know, it it could it could you could commentate on, you know, the current issue of police violence and you could have done it in a really great way. I think but if it was thing, trying to be funnier, that too. Yeah. it would have helped, but it took itself so seriously. And I mean, especially like the, the end, you, you, you might yeah. think the point is like, um, like misunderstanding of both sides. Like when they mentioned, like just talking it through or something. Right. Um, and they, you know, they have like a genuine conversation. It gets cheesy. They're like, Hey, you're not so bad. But when like, you know, he just like shoots him after anyway, it's like, oh. Oh, it's it's trying to do this. <laughs> it's leaning hard into uh to complete A cab, okay. Yeah, and which is silly. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Even me who you know, doesn't like cops, you know. God, it was so stupid. Because the message is basically just, uh, cop see black person, insta-kill. I will yeah, it's, insta-shoot it's, it's them. literally the most surface-level thing. It's just, cops need to stop shooting black people. They are racist and evil. They simply do not care about others. And of course they choose, like, the most racist dude like racist looking dude that they can cast this guy looks like pure russian this guy looks stone cold and then they put fucking joey badass in here like why you're really trying to paint this narrative i can't believe it even has a 3.0 yeah like i'm 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 looking at uh i'm, I'm gonna go look at some some high rated reviews uh, it's 100 percent just because the message and i know it, it... Ah, this short film is disturbing shocking and fucking brilliant yeah okay yeah 
whatever, buddy. But so like, smart. <laughs> you know what was I gonna say? It it came around the right time. I mean, the Chauvin trial was recently, very very recent. So it's just kind of like, oh, it gets to piggyback off of this this fucking huge event it going on in our political arena. Uh, gets to I'm sorry. I'm I'm really distracted by something that that annoyed me, and I I just before you continue, I just need to read it. Go ahead. Um, it's it's a five star review of Two Distant Strangers, and it says, "I just know if I look at other reviews, some will just say it's not subtle enough, and that makes me convinced there's no changing some things." Like, holy shit, dude! You don't even understand why people are criticizing it. That, that's just assuming one side and trying to dismiss it before anyone has even made the case. When I don't think, I mean, it's not subtle, but you don't need to be. And I think with like important issues, it's better if it's not subtle. <laughs> Makes it more accessible. Mm, yeah. Spike Lee Spike is like the obvious example of that. Something that just doesn't need to be subtle. I mean, there, there are some films from, from what I hear that, that are much uh much more subtle which is mostly because he's he's playing with more complicated ideas i'll say i'll say but, do um, the right thing is the perfect example of where do the right thing is exactly the perfect example black klansman is also an obvious example even though it's more of just funny narrative yeah yeah um but yeah fucking <sighs> that's really i just misunderstood the meaning yeah i just this was so bad, and I just am really upset that it won. Um, I moving see the other one moving on the from ones. the other ones, though. Yeah, go go ahead <laughs> and talk the about other the other ones, because I, I am interested to hear about um, it. I'm looking at my, my ranking now, just so I can sort of go up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- this is my lowest rated, um, and pretty much halfway up the list of, of all the other shorts, almost a, a little over um, halfway up. Is feeling through, which is actually a pretty interesting. Um, I mean, it's, it's not like a ton that it's saying, but it's just this short film uh, about a guy who's you know on the streets late at night. He's he's looking for a place to stay. He's you know like texting some girl. He's like, all right, I'll I'll be there soon, and he he runs into this deaf and blind dude, and. Um, I just got someone pinged me and I got this chat. Um, <laughs> <he, laughs> I, I, I confused myself for a moment looking at the message because I was half paying attention. Um, yeah, so he, he meets this deaf and blind dude and he just he just helps him out throughout the night, uh, realizes, wow, deaf and blind dude not not incapable of all this stuff. And, you know, at one point there's like a kind of disturbing moment where he like takes advantage of him. This, like, innocent guy who's just learned to, like, appreciate the world for for what it is. And this other dude that's, like, much more privileged is taking advantage of him. It's, it's like, yeah, you know. It, it was just interesting. There were some cool moments. They, they you know, they sort of bond together. Not not amazing, but pretty, pretty wholesome short. Um... A uh, letter room was another one. 
Um, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. I really wanted I to see it. And I wasn't really I super interested in it. I, I thought it was slightly better just in, um... Like, Feeling Through didn't really... It, it felt exactly like a short film. Feeling Through didn't feel like it had, like, anything more that it could have said. Letter Room is interesting. Letter Room felt like something that could have been a feature length if it was written well enough, just because the enjoyment came out of um, well-written dialogue and obviously great acting by Oscar Isaac. I mean, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah, it's, that's pretty much it. Concept is just, you know, prison guard or whatever gets moved to the letter room. He has to start dealing with, like, people's problems, basically. Because <laughs> he's, he's an empathetic guy. So. Um... Next was White Eye. Uh, White Eye was filmed about a guy who uh, finds his bicycle stolen. Um, oh, he he finds his stolen bicycle. Um, it was stolen a while ago. He reports it. Um, the the dude who stole it comes out of the building and he's like, "Hey man, this is my bike." and there's this, like, dilemma of, like, <laughs> whose is it? Because the the dude who allegedly stole it, in actuality, just, you know, bought it off the street. It was stolen by someone else. And it's like, who's, whose is it? So they, you know, this guy, like, no empathy. The other dude, like, bought it for his, uh, his daughter as well. So he could, like, bring her to school and stuff. Because they live far away from school. They're in, like, this pretty bad area and... His daughter goes to school far away. Um, yeah, eventually the, the guy got his bicycle stolen. Like, calls the cops. He makes it a big deal. Um, turns out the guy was like an immigrant. So after like checking his papers, when he calls the cops, he gets deported, and ooh, he gets his bicycle back at the end. Like, at what cost? You know, it's it was pretty interesting. He even um. In a sort of like tragic moment near the end, as the police are like, "Yeah, we're not gonna take him away. We're we're just we're just like storing through his stuff." Okay, he like runs to an ATM because initially, um, the the guy who bought it said, "Just pay me like, pay me back for the bike, and I'll I'll buy and like you can have yours back." And the guy was like, "No, this is my bike. I shouldn't have to do this." But once he sees it escalate. Sees like the altercations play out. He like runs to an ATM, grabs the money, and it's too late by then. Comes back and they're gone. It was, it was pretty, pretty tragic, pretty messed up. Sounds like it. Um, the, the the only one that, huh? Sorry, keep going. Um. Oh, I I was gonna start talking about the next one. So if you have, I don't have something you want to say. Alright, um, the only one that I really, really liked, and I'm not sure if this could be a feature, but my god, I just wanted this to keep going, and, um, it was called The Present. It, it wasn't the, the most, uh, high, highly rated one that was nominated, and honestly, when I saw, uh, some people I know saying, like, this is the best, uh, sh live-action short by far... I, you know, I look at the, the average ratings, I, I question, I'm like, really? It's only got like a 
3.6. The premise doesn't seem like super interesting, but like whatever. But um, you know, once I watched it, it was just pretty great. Uh, pretty much. Um, I don't get super into it. A uh, guy trying to pass through. Um, sorry. I'm so tired right now. Uh, yeah, um, guy trying to pass through an area. It's like heavily guarded. They they gotta like inspect everything he has on him and whatever. Um, this is in the Middle East. Um, he's just trying to like get a get a fridge for his wife or something, and uh, yeah, when he first passes through, cause his his house is on one end, like city's on another. Um, they like lock him up for who knows how long, like just waiting to like inspect him or something. Finally, let him out. His daughter like pisses at herself. <laughs> I don't think that was really important, but like, okay. it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. All right. It was a it was a funny moment of pathos, I guess, that didn't really need to be there, but I guess sure. Go off, sure. Um, go off. Yeah, they 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 get the they get the fridge, fill it with food, and they uh you know painstakingly like run it back up this like hill and everything. I think they um. They try to drive it back. Um, the guy who ran the shop they bought it from was nice enough. Because he understood their situation where they live in, in a certain place. Where they have to go back through like the inspections. And um, I, I forget. It's like for some reason like either the road's closed or like it won't fit through. They, they can't do that. And they have to like wheel it back on, on a little cart. Of up this hill an entire fridge full of stuff and get back to the checkpoint and uh you know same old thing like they they make him take all the food out of the fridge because they're skeptical um turns out the fridge doesn't even fit through this like little gate you have to pass through um yeah it's pretty much it daughter uh wheels the fridge around um because it's like a segregated like area so Technically, you are able to go around the gate, but they, like, enforce it, so all the people from that area have to go through. And that's it. They, they don't shoot the girl, because she's just a girl. And they just let the guy walk with her as she wheels the fridge back home. That's it. It was, it was really good. Sounds like it. Yeah, it was a cool story. Alright. Well. That's, that's it. That's the Oscar wrap-up. It, it wasn't. It was whatever. It wasn't a terrible presentation, but it was 100% the most soulless and uninspired ceremony. Yeah. I mean, you you go back and watch the old Academy Awards, and they're filled with so much fanfare, so much obvious passion for the industry from from everyone involved. The hosts. Uh, were always extremely enthusiastic to be there, not because they were random celebrities, because they were invested in film. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, nope. Last guy we had was, like, Jimmy Kimmel, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
the fuck does he know about film? So <laughs> Literally just a celebrity. So what you're saying who... is you do agree with Donald Trump that we should have Jimmy Kimmel back. Yes, but not Jimmy Kimmel. But we we need we need some life to it. It's supposed to be an event, not just a reading of the awards. Yeah. Some... Like the best part was the person uh, on the mic. She was great. The MC. She she was cool. She she was making like everyone laugh and stuff. It was I nice. Know. I like Harrison. When she was like announcing the uh, the nominees. I like Harrison Ford's little thing. I mean, yeah, but. It, like all the all the guests did did something interesting, but or most of them. But uh the only like consistently good thing was the MC. Yeah, okay. Unfortunately. Yeah. Also funny haha did best actor at the end because they thought Bozeman was gonna win. And also I love that <laughs> Anthony Hopkins was busy so he couldn't give a speech. <laughs> yeah. He just they just put up a picture of him like he also fucking died, but he didn't. He was just chilling. <laughs> <Yeah. I> t- <laughs> wow, that was great. <laughs> yeah, I'm so fucking glad he won over Chadwick <laughs> Boseman. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, that's about it. <laughs> There's nothing really yeah. else to say about the Oscars. Um you know, maybe we'll do this next year again. Maybe we won't. We'll see. Who knows? The Oscars are like this again. Like, eh. yeah. I don't know. We weren't super enthusiastic about doing it after, anyways. Yeah, I yesterday I felt completely different, and this is this is being recorded. It's now Tuesday. Hmm. Um, you know. Monday, I was like, man, I I really don't want to do this. I don't want to talk about the Oscars. It was such a bland experience. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, less about the awards and more about the movies shown, so. Yeah. I guess, I guess it was whatever doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my final note is just that Mulan fucking 